Hey everybody and welcome to episode 59 of the Cigar Cast. Yeah, a little bit awkward opening this week, but it's because I want to warn you about what you're going to hear, or rather what you're not going to hear at the end of the show. Uh, this week we ran into a little bit of a technical issue where we lost about the 15 last 15 minutes of the show, just didn't record whatsoever. So it's just going to drop out with no real pomp and circumstance. So just wanted to let you know that it's not your recording. It was us. Sorry about that. Uh, but also we didn't get the opportunity like we normally do to plug our contact at the end of the show. So I wanted to make sure and get that out of the way here. We absolutely love hearing feedback and topics for future shows and everything from you guys. We know you. we are so thrilled that you enjoy the show. We love getting to hear that from you. Get Drop us a line Info at thecigarcast.com, facebook.com slash thecigarcast, and of course, Instagram and Twitter were both on at thecigarcast. Thank you so much for sticking with us, listening to the show, and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin, and I'm joined as I am every week, back from his deathbed, Mr. Shane Reeves. You know, the worst thing about getting really sick is you lose track of time. I am And your sense of humor, apparently. Well, <laughs> I didn't have time to text back to you. I was dying. <laughs> I went to a um, school, it was a homeschool class where a bunch of mothers get together that homeschool their kids. So there was about 15 kids in there and I explained to them what I do for a living and how you lay out subdivisions and it's an annual thing I do and this year one of them infected me and if you're listening I will find you. That's one thing about spending time with kids is that your inevitability to get sick increases exponentially. Yeah, I mean, just going into this school, I don't even know if it was any of the actual kids in the class because there's about 200 kids at this gathering. And just one of them somewhere, it hit me just right. Oh, I'm sure it probably got you in the parking lot. (laughs) Well, and then we had Ace operated on, nothing serious, just had him fixed. And then I got sick, so Glenda had to spend all weekend taking care of me and Ace both. She's a saint. My (laughs) wife is a saint. I can just imagine both of you waddling around the house with your tails between your respective legs. Ace kept walking by me saying, dude, you look awful. (laughs) I'm like, you're the one that got cut. (laughs) But anyway, so. Well, so you're back on the mend. Uh, You feel up to a cigar tonight? I do. I'm ready to light a cigar. All right. Tell me what you're smoking. So, okay. Walked by this cigar three or four times in the humidor. Have talked with Sean Hardiman about it. Have talked to a lot of people about it. So I thought tonight was finally the night to smoke it. It's the Toronto Vault. Now, this is the P-044 cigar. It's a printer? I, I don't know. They call it the P-044. You can see it right there I on the it. label. Now, it's Nicaraguan Puro, and the wrapper is a Nicaraguan Sun Grown, which does seem like you get a lot of Nicaraguan Sun Grown. Nothing comes to mind, but I'm, I'm sure I've smoked one. Um, obviously, Toronto catching a lot of flack for... Um, copying Camacho, trying to put the largest band in the industry on a cigar. It's, But it's more than just being a large band. That thing is identical. 
It is kind of shape. It, I'm expecting to take it off and see Camacho printed on the back. Right. <laughs> that they were just recycling wrappers. That, that being said, though, I like it. Like, I, I think it's a good design for a label. I thought it was a good design when Camacho rebranded a few years ago. I think it's a good design for a label now. I shouldn't notice the difference in the weight of the cigar with the label and without. Yeah, but it, all right, you're exaggerating a little bit. It's not that big. Min, minimal labeling is appreciated. I just need enough that it lays on those two fingers. Well, what if you had big old sausage fingers? Then it would be perfect. Well, my hands are pretty big. <laughs> but anyway, now that we've thoroughly critiqued the appearance of my cigar, I'm going to light it. What are you smoking? All right, so uh, I'm actually spo- kind of pulling a fast one on you. I went into the humidor for something that I probably have not smoked in about six years. Man, I'm on a Dominican kick right now. Holy cow. I've just been, I smoked a lot of the DNA. I've smoked uh, quite a bit from La Aurora, as a matter of fact. And I've just been really, the um, Avo Heritage a couple weeks ago, I've been really just getting back in and really enjoying the Dominican uh, tobacco and, and something that Sean said on the on the show last week was talking about the you know your palate and how Dominican tobacco is very salt flavor like salt forward in terms of its kind of tasting notes and I, as I was listening I was thinking about the fact that you know the um, how I kind of described it as, as being somewhat like steak in flavor. And I smoked an ADN or a DNA the other day and I got that same thing. I was like, man, it's, it's like a well cured. St- That's what it is. It's that salt kind of uh, that metallurgical, but, but more salt mineral f- flavor that I'm really, really enjoying. I say all that to say I'm smoking a Fuente tonight. Uh, I went in there for a Dominican cigar and I couldn't think of anything better. Um, this is the Magnum R, so it's a Rosado wrapper. It is a 54 ring gauge. It's been around for a number of years. Um, I think probably going on about, what, eight years now it's been out. So it's just a, it's a great, you know, Robusto at 5, 5, 54. So it, it but... It's one of those, if I am going to smoke a Fuente, I definitely want to be flavorful. And the one thing I do remember about this, being a little bit lighter wrapper than their Maduro, it does, by all reviews that I've seen, have quite a bit of flavor in it. And I don't remember anything about it from the last time I smoked it. So I'm interested to give it a try. So my only complaint about Fuente is just that they don't seem to have the complexity of flavors that I enjoy. And it may be that I've just not smoked enough Fuentes, you know, to vary my palate. But, you know, it's rare that I reach for a Fuente. Well, but you're also the guy, self-admittedly, that likes Nicaraguan. And Nicaraguan has that punch, that, that spice, that it's got real aggressive flavors. And just for the record, if you're playing the cigar cash drinking game, every time Allie destroys something in the bar, take a shot. <laughs> she just walked by banging her bucket. I, I don't know why she waits till we're on the podcast to do that. But, so, getting back to the cigar part of it. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you're admittedly someone who really, and and typically I am too, but something about the Dominican cigars that I've been smoking lately has really captured my palate. Well, you know, I was coming off of this cold, and I had had actually had anosmia for a couple of days, so I didn't even smoke cigars for a couple of days, because if I can't smell, there's no point in smoking a cigar. There's no, I don't get the experience. And I've never been a guy that smokes just to smoke. 
So I took a couple of days off. Last night we had poker, and I made my triumphant return, and I did choose the DNA for just that reason because I knew it was going to be a little lighter, it was going to be consistent, it was going to perform. So I went ahead and went DNA with that for that reason. So the Toronto thus far... I had a structural failure as soon as I cut it. The wrapper cracked. Mm. See, I had that on the cigar I smoked on the way here tonight. It it snowed at lunch today. I mean, the air is just dry. They, they, it's so dry around here. Like, there's even even coming out of a, a perfectly uh, appropriated humidor. There's just it's going to happen. Well, if anybody wants to know what weather in Tennessee is like, yesterday was 65 degrees, and today it was snowing. Yeah. I mean, literally, Mother Nature's schizophrenic. (laughs) But, so, you think it's something to do with the weather conditions shifting so fast create the structural failure? I think think the air is so dry, you have to think that that's possible. I'm not saying that that's the only explanation, but I think that might have something to do with it. So, with a cracked wrapper, what's your standard protocol? Uh, I put it... I, I put it north, straight up. That way the crook of my lip covers it, just and I can still get pretty good draw out of it. I tend to just smoke it a little wetter around that area. I'll take and wet it up a little and see if that kind of seals itself. But I don't know. It's good. It got a good flavor to it. I mean, it took a little bit more to get it lit than I'm used to, but I am smoking the 60 ring gauge. Yeah. But I'll be interested to see as I'm dwindling toward the back of the cigar what it's like. I haven't actually had the green one yet. That's the only of those vault line that I haven't had. I've had the purple, the blue, and the other one. Well, and the green is a Nicaraguan that's not orange. Yeah, I know. I'm stunned. But anyway, so feel like I haven't got to talk to you in a month of Sundays. It sounds. It feels about that way, doesn't it? And because uh, uh, you know, just between being sick and just being out of touch with the world, and we recorded early the last week, and you know, we had the chance to get Sean, so it's kind of been there. So, what's cigars been like for you the past couple of days? Cigars have been really kind of lackluster. I haven't been smoking as much lately. I mean, I was out of town. I'll tell you know, we we've talked before about how the environment has as much to do with how good the cigar is as the cigar itself. Man, I, oh, I do want to give a shout out to the downtown cigar bar in Fort Lauderdale. I posted on Instagram when I was down there, but man, they took such great care of me. Uh, walked in, they've got a beautiful humidor, humidor, fully stocked. It's a little off the beaten path, so you're not paying those exorbitant tourist prices. Of When we first got down there, we got there early Sunday morning, we were walking along the beach looking for lunch, and we go to lunch, and I see a cig- there's a cigar place right next door. I was like, all right, I want to grab a cigar and to smoke when we as we walk back, and we we're just kind of hanging out on the beach. And, of course, you walk in, and everything is twice normal retail. And, you know, you're on the beach. You expect that. It, you know, I, I really, I was fine. I did find a Jaime Garcia that was at regular, I don't know how that slipped through at regular retail prices. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was a little more, but it wasn't so much you noticed. And so just walking along the beach and, you know, it was kind of this weather when we left. It was cold and rainy and it was just beautiful. So every cigar I smoked in Florida this past week was was definitely better than anything I would have smoked if I'd still been here. 
Well, and it's so nice walking on the beach. You know, when we were in um, Freeport, I stopped at the little cigar shop and, of course, paid twice what it was worth and got a Grey Cliff, which is actually made in the Bahamas. And I smoked that Grey Cliff doing the same thing, walking up the beach with Glenda and all. And there, there's something about it. There's something nice about the ocean and the cigar. It all seems to flow together really well. It really... Well, and it was one of those things, like, Florida is... is it's kind of it's it's weird. Their their smoking laws are either extremely strict or non-existent. And so I, when I was late, when I bought the cigar, I was like, "Hey, you know, on the beach, any like, is there are there any rules about where I can?" He was like, "No, go on." Like so, walking down the beach, you know, just smoking a cigar it was awesome. Well, you're outside. I mean, there, there's just you know, Ron White was telling a story. Um, I was listening to a podcast that actually had him on it on the way up here. And he was talking about he was doing an outdoor venue. And it was in California, and they had just had the wildfires. And they canceled the show the day before because there was too much smoke in the atmosphere. And the next day, they put him out. He was getting ready to go on to his show, went to light a cigar. And they said, oh, you can't smoke here. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm outdoors, and the, y'all closed it for wildfires yesterday. Apparently, if I light this cigar, it's going to cause a, an issue. <laughs> Which he just walked out on stage and lit the cigar. Yeah. And all, he's, got, he's, he's one of those cigar smokers that you would love to sit and have a conversation for because it seems like he's got a story for everything. Well, I mean, I, I think his occupation would kind of kind of lends itself to that, wouldn't you say? Well, he um, his famous quote that I heard today was um, he went to an AA meeting, and speaking of women at AA meetings, that the um, the odds are good, but the goods are odd. So now we're having a second cut on that cigar. Yeah, it was just drawn a little tight. But, so, in cigar news. But, from a, I'm sorry, just to pull the show over, from a construction standpoint, look at that. The second cut held together. That's pretty strong. It's just a straight disc of tobacco. Now, I can't complain about Fuente's mechanics. I can complain about their flavor. That's better. But their mechanics, I generally don't complain about. Yeah. No, they're well made. They are very well made. I mean, you put 600 years of experience or whatever it is, you're going to have good cigars from a construction standpoint. Yeah, from a construction standpoint. So this week they talked about several brands are getting ready to do their annual price increase. Um, Padron. I hate that it has to come to that. Like, this, the fact that you said annual price increase, like it's a Harry Potter movie or something. Like, we should just expect it to come out the next year. Well, generally it does. Generally, everybody's got to go up. You know, labor, materials, everything yeah. goes up every year. So generally, and it's as long as the price increases, you know, within acceptable margin, four or five percent, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm interested, though, because usually the usual suspects make the list. You know, my father, Nat Sherman, Miami, they make the list. But this year, Padron is on the list. You know what? It's about time. I, I mean, I love how inexpensive Padron cigars are for what you get, especially when we're talking about the 1000 series. I highlighted it last week on Cigar Under 8. I love the 1000 series, and I love that you can get them such a good cigar for such a, a small price point. That being said, Padron hasn't had a price increase in like three years. Yeah, it's been a while, and Padron is notorious in the industry for being hard to deal with. Yeah. That people just, they, Padron knows they have a great product. They know that people will pay for their product. Well, they don't play the rep game. It's all direct sales because they know that you, if you own a humidor, you have to have Padron. 
you know, it, but at the same time, you know, the anniversary 64 was $14, $16 or whatever it was back in 2005. So it really hasn't gone up, but maybe $3 since then? Yeah, they're definitely, you know, behind as far as the raising goes. Yeah. And uh, and Perdomo, they haven't raised their rates in a while. Yeah, they, I think theirs was about two years ago. Well, I think a lot of times somebody like Perdomo or Oliva camouflage it. They release something new, and they release it at a little higher price, and then they kind of slip the other stuff up behind it. You know, I have noticed that with Perdomo specifically, because they kind of turned their whole line. You know, they were big heavy into the Champagne and the Anniversary series for, you know, the 20th anniversary and the 10th anniversary, and boom, boom, boom. Now, all of a sudden, it's the the small batch. It's kind of, it's all the same cigar. To me, it tastes very similar. It's a different blend, but just barely. And yeah, and the price is a little higher than what it replaced was. So I think that I think you've got a point there. Well, I feel like LFD is really bad to do that. You know, they released the Volcata, and the price was kind of at the high end of the margin for what I want to pay for an LFD. Yeah, I, and I can't tell you. I mean, I smoked that Volcata on the show a couple months ago. That's the last LFD I've had, and that was and that was probably the first LFD I'd had in a while. Not that I have anything against them. I love their cigars. I just I find I keep walking by them lately. The change of the seasons has lightened up my palate. It seems like I'm reaching for more light stuff, less full body, um, looking for something more complex. I'm going more for flavor these days. You know, I, the LFD does pack a punch. You know, you're going to get a lot of body. You're going to get a, a really strong cigar with LFD every time. The last few I've had, the flavor just hasn't been there for me. Yeah, I'm, I understand. And I, and I think you're exactly right. I don't think it's a an indictment on LFD at all. I think they make a fantastic product. In fact, they were my favorite cigar for a very, very long time. I think my palate's changing. I mean, clearly, I'm smoking a Fuente tonight by my own choice. I didn't even lose a bet. So thus far, I've had a wrapper malfunction on the front end, and I've had a blowout on the back end. You sure have. Look at that. Uh, this cigar is something's going on. I, it may not be safe to smoke this. It may explode here in a minute. <laughs> Dude, well, you should have known when you saw Wiley Coyote checking you out at this. <laughs> well, there, there's <laughs> the always registry. that. But so interesting time of year for me because the seasons are changing. Changing. I'm planning vacation time. WrestleMania is coming up, which is always something I've got to figure out what I'm going to smoke at WrestleMania this year. And there's so much cigar planning going on. I'm donating a lot of time to planning my smoking. Man, you got to just sit back, relax, and enjoy it every once in a while. You put too much thought into your cigar experience, I think. Anyone who stuck with us through the last five weeks of episodes where we were getting all existential, I think, would probably agree with that. Well, <laughs> You need to just light up and enjoy it. You can always tell when I'm busy at my business because when I'm drawing plans, I've been doing it for almost 20 years, and my mind tends to wander. It's just mechanical. It's not that I'm not paying attention to the plan, but I've just done it so long, it kind of flows out. And when I'm really busy, I have time to think about things, you know, think about what issues are coming up in life and think about, hey, what am I going to smoke at WrestleMania? <laughs> and all. These, these are big decisions in my life, but you may be right. I may be overthinking it to a certain degree. 
But, you know, tomorrow night we're having Drew Estate event here at Crown. Of course, this will air after that event's over. Yeah. And I'm really thinking about investing in some T-52s. Really? Is that your league of choice? It is. The T-52, kind of just a little lighter wrapper. It seems to me a little more coffee flavor. Yeah, you're getting getting less of that that spice and a little more of kind of an herbal, not not in a way that that is infused or anything strong, but that's just kind of the tasting notes from that tobacco. Well, I was pondering it today while drawing a plan, Um, and the T-52 seems to be the cigar that if I go somewhere and it's a Liga event and it's just Ligas, I'll reach for a T-52 over any of the others. You know, obviously if they don't have feral pigs. Right. See, I'm a number nine guy. I, I like the boldness. It, and at least in the original blend, it was so well blended. You know, it was so smooth. Every every little flavor played so well together. Lately, I've been finding them a little more on the on the bold side, a little more brash. Right. Uh, the T-52 is a great stick, but I'm still going for a number nine every time. Well, the T-52 may be something I purchase a few of tomorrow night because it'd be, sometimes I like to do that, take and catch an event and buy like five and then smoke them, you know, in a relatively short amount of time, not five in a row, but in a relatively short amount of time and see how they hold up over the test of time. Yeah. Um, You know, the DNA is good every time. I've yet to pick up a DNA that I thought, well, this was a little light. You know, you get a cigar sometimes and say, ah, this was a little light for tonight. Yeah. But the DNA has been a home run hit every time. And at the price point, you really can't beat it as well. I mean, it's become, it was one of those that you started smoking it when it first came out, and I didn't really gravitate towards it at all to begin with. And then, but once I've had it, I can't stop picking the thing up. Just, it's just a good mild smoke. So, big in the news is everybody, does it seem like every time we turn on um, Half Wheel or Aficionado or anywhere that purveys cigar news, you hear about some other state trying to raise the tobacco age? Yeah, it seems like that's kind of the, the, the thing of the day. You know, it's, that's kind of what everyone's on. They, they realized they couldn't hit us and knock us out with the FDA thing, so now they're trying to find some other way around it. Well, and it was interesting talking to Sean and talking about their, you know, maybe there's go, the FDA thing is going to simplify humidors and nothing right. else. Yeah. So I just unwrapped this cigar. We'll see what happens. See, see if the structural issues continue. <laughs> I've never had a general product have this kind of structural issue. But the it seems does raising the age limit really has there ever been information done to say that that helps anybody? No, I mean, prohibition, for the most part, we've seen in all facts of life doesn't work. You know, prohibi- you know, limiting people's exposure to something it does not stop them from, from getting to it. If someone wants to smoke a cigar, they're going to smoke a cigar. Shoot, I was at a concert last night, and one of the young ladies standing beside us had two big old X's on her hands, and she was drinking more beer than the guy standing beside her that was buying them for her all night. You know, like, you can you can put some things in place, but the people want to get their hands on them. They will. Yeah, it just it seems seems kind of foolish. Now, coming, coming away from cigars for the second, we're going to take a break, have a cigar under $8, and when we come back, I've got to discuss a high priority in my life. 
my wife and I have a tremendous discrepancy going on about cupcake eating technique. I, the thing to be a fly on the wall at your household, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> well, she believes that I do not eat my cupcakes correctly. I believe I eat them the only way that a logical human being can eat a cupcake. It's not a Reese's. There is a wrong way. So we'll, we'll find out who's right and who's wrong when we come back after this. Trey here for this week's Cigar Under $8. Hey, want to talk to you about a cigar that I just found out about. It's the Papas Fritas by Drew Estate. Now, obviously, Shane's a huge fan of all things Drew Estate, and I don't know how he didn't turn me on to this sooner. It's from the Unicos line, so it's the same blend or very similar blend to anything you're going to get out of the legal line. But it retails at about six and a half bucks or a little less even. So you get basically all of that great Liga flavor for a price point less than what you're going to get from some of the others, from even a Charter Oak, really. So it's a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper. It's four and a half by 44 Corona. So it is a small cigar, which is something that, that Shane and I both tend to stay away from. However, it's packed full of flavor. And if you ever need that short 30 to 45 minute smoke, you know, when you're driving home or if you're on a lunch break, something like this, this fits that bill perfectly. It's all kinds of flavor. It has the uh, Brazilian Matafina binder with Nicaraguan, Honduran filler tobaccos. It's just an amazing stick all the way through. And at that price point, if you want a little bit more, just buy two. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. Reaching for his root beer is one of your hosts, Shane Reeves, and sitting across the table from him. I even told you we were coming back on the air. You were prepared. You said, go for it. I I said, go for it, and I reach for my root beer, and you point at me. But anyway, we're back. Okay, so cupcake eating technique. So you get a cupcake, and it has the frosting on top. Mm -hmm. You tear the top of the cupcake Nope, you're wrong. No, no, no. Follow this. No, you're. this is cupcakes by Pinterest. No, no, no. Tear the top of the cupcake off. And turn it upside down turn and make a sandwich down. out of it. No, that's wrong. How is that wrong? Then you don't get frosting on your nose. <laughs> because the proper way to eat a cupcake is you take a knife, you scrape it along the top of the cupcake over the trash can, and then eat the cupcake and leave the frosting in the trash. And, take, and just abandon the frosting. Yes. The Basically. frosting is the worst part of the cupcake. I can go with that, but I like the flip it over technique. I really think that's the superior cupcake technique. I mean, the logic is there. I'll give you that. However, especially now that all these frou-frou fancy cupcake shops are everywhere, right? They make a cupcake the size of a NyQuil cup, and they put about 16 pounds of frosting on top. So even with your technique, you still end up with a frosting lava mess. This is true. I, I do think you can over you can gild the lily with frosting very easily. You can really overdo it. Okay, which so. is so funny considering the other trend right now is the naked cake. Have you seen this? I have not. Like the new sort of trend in cakes is the naked cake. So you put the the first layer, you kind of put the frosting in the middle, put the next layer on top like you would, put some frosting on top, and leave the sides just completely naked. 
Now that's a cake. That's how cakes should be done. So, but it's just funny. It's like all the all the frosting they're saving from the cakes they're putting on top of the cupcakes. <laughs> okay, what's the king of cake? German chocolate. Ooh. Oh, oh ooh yourself. German chocolates. There's, again, this is like apple pie. There's too much margin for error. German but even co- the best, even even diner, uh, not diner, uh, like lunch buffet, meat and three, been sitting on top of the sneeze guard all day long, sheet cake that came out of a can, German chocolate cake is still good. See, German chocolate cake is good if it's liked. But every German chocolate cake I get is approximately the weight of, you know, plutonium. So it ne- they never get it light enough. Now, my grandmother used to make one that was light and fluffy, and I will agree that was wonderful. Now, given the fact that you're a good old Southern boy, I have a feeling you're about to give the wrong answer to this question. You're going to say red velvet, aren't you? Oh, no. Okay, good. Red velvet is, is the worst. No. No, red it, velvet no, it is. It's the worst. It's done wrong more often than it's ever done right. It's a master level confection. If you don't really know what you're doing, if you don't have 50 years in the kitchen, you don't need to try to make red velvet. All right, so what's your king of cakes? The king of the cake is always, always carrot. Cream cheese, frosting. Now, I love a carrot cake. Raisins, walnuts, pecans, at least three kinds of nuts must go into every carrot cake. And it should it should weigh three or four pounds when fully put together. Now, see, I love I absolutely love carrot cake, absolutely love carrot cake. But German chocolate is still still reign supreme. Given given the two, I'm always going German chocolate. Well, and but but given the choice between carrot cake and anything not German chocolate, I'm with you. And the sheet cake is an abomination against man. Oh, absolutely. The sheet cake should be outlawed. We should never have the sheet cake. So, smoking the Toronto, Toronto. <laughs> You're smoking Canada? Smoking Canada. <laughs> the P-044. First thing I'd like to say, come on, fellas, how hard is it to pick some Spanish word I've never heard before and call that your cigar? I mean, is this really difficult? There's a lot of words in Spanish. This could have been the Chupacabra. I would have been much happier with this cigar. Uh, House of Emilio already has the Chupacabra. No, oh, not House of Emilio. Um... I can't remember the name of the but Chupacabra already exists. Oh, Capobera. Oh, okay, that, there we go. Uh, ain't that a dance, fighting, dancing? But, no, that's <laughs> no Capo- it's a weasel. You're oh, thinking Capoeira. Capoeira, okay. But anyway, first, let's rename it, fellas. Second, <laughs> this week in Word Association. <laughs> <laughs> Second, let's work out these structural issues. I'm having more structural issues with a good-flavored cigar. See, this, I've never had that problem with that cigar. Well, this is what bothers me. If this cigar tasted like it's looking, I would sling it across the room and would have relit something else during the break. But it tastes wonderful. It's just I'm getting draw from eight different orify on this cigar. And this is really bothering me. I think this goes back to the fact that you're just overthinking. Just shut up and smoke your cigar. (laughs) Be quiet. Stuff it in my mouth. Okay. Basically. Well, tell me about the Fuente. The Fuente's good. It's it's not as flavorful as some of the other Dominicans that I've been smoking lately. And so it is not quite where I would like it to be for what I was in the mood for. That being said, I smoked a cigar on the way down here tonight that didn't really do anything for me either. And because I think I left it out of the humidor for a little bit too long, so I was getting that kind of burnt taste, that sort of that dry. And and so I think I may have coated my palate a little bit with that. 
Um, but I mean, but it's good. I, I want to, I want to start dipping my toe into Fuente a little bit more because I, I can tell what this, I love the Opus. I know what this is. It's not hitting me right tonight, but it's a great cigar. I'm, I think Fuente, I think I'm going to start opening my, my mind to the Fuente line a little bit, especially since the Julius Caesar, which is also in their kind of under their umbrella from JC Newman is is one of my favorite cigars i mean that's a top 10 cigar for me so i know they've i know they've got my palate in there i just have to find it in a in an everyday stick well next week is my birthday i will be turning 42 years old and i have been carefully planning my birthday celebration i plan to go have the new romeo san andreas and the, I'm the one they have up at Casa. Yeah, I'm going to take the day off. Of course, I'm taking all week next week off. But oh, you're not one of those people, are you? What's that? The it's my birth birth week, not birthday. Everyone worship at the altar of shame for a week. Well, and, you can leave your tribute. Okay. And <laughs> all in the form of cigars. <laughs> but I'm planning to go. And what I'm time looking, is the ring kissing ceremony? Uh, Six a.m. Okay. Always as the sun comes up. So, going the Casa de Monte Cristo, I'm going to have the Romeo San Andreas, and then afterwards, I'm going to Martin's Barbecue. If you're in Nashville, and you come to Nashville, and you don't stop at Martin's Barbecue, you have missed one of the hallmark cornerstones of living in Nashville, Tennessee. You really think Martin's is the best barbecue we've got in town? By far and away. Okay. Far and away of all the barbecues that I have sampled, and there's been a few. You're you're wrong, but uh, where is the best barbecue? Jack's. Too much vinegar. No, I disagree. And, and you're talking to someone who hates vinegar. Are you talking in their slaw or in their sauce? In their environment. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. There is wood smoke environments like a Martin's and even a peg leg porker, which is Memphis style, but it's okay. But Jack's, I just, I feel vinegar when I walk into that store. Now, now which, you've got to go to the one off Trinity. God, we are getting so Nashville right now. This is so self-referential, but uh, you got to go to the one off Trinity Lane up north of downtown. You can't go to the one downtown because that's awful. And the one on Charlotte is just okay. But the, if you go the original, about Trinity Lane, up in the part of town that most people don't want to drive through, that's where you get the best. That's where Jack's becomes the best barbecue in town. I've, I will have to give it a full try. Okay, check this out. Speaking since long as we're in Nashville, is Hunter not turning into Charlie Daniels? I th- Except that he's going, I guarantee you the shirt under that jacket has a Texas flag on it. And I, well, the beard is getting a little gray. He just bought a brand new giant hat. He's turning into that blind fiddle player. <laughs> he really is. I'm just certain of it. <laughs> it's not going to be long before he comes in here and belts. You are really trying to get that rumor started, <laughs> aren't you? I love that rumor. And the, the other great one I've got going right now is that David Boreanaz has played Bud Bundy on Married with Children. Who's that? Not David, Bundy, but... David Boreanaz played Angel. 
lost me. Please, he's character actor. Anybody that's ever seen him would see how that's an easy rumor to get started. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying, Hunter is slowly starting his transformation. Into well, you've got—you're the king of starting a rumor. You've got it down to a science. Well, it's so easy. I—I I love my wife, but sometimes she believes me a little too much. When the movie Daredevil came out. I said, I said, let's go see Daredevil. And she said, really? What's it about? I said, a blind superhero. She said, how does that work? I said, he's got a really good dog. And she wanted to go see it. <laughs> because my wife loves dogs. So <laughs> there's always a good rumor you could start about stuff like that. Well, the key is in subtlety. You gotta you gotta start it as just a passing one-off. You can't lean too hard into it. Well, the best way to create a rumor is just to tell the truth poorly. If you'll just tell the truth poorly, you can start a great rumor. I might need an example here. And I, well, again, David Boreanaz was Bud Bundy. He played. He actually was in an episode of Married with Children. Okay. And if you look at his hairstyle and look at Bud Bundy's, I mean, you just tell the truth poorly, and you can you can start a great rumor. All right. <laughs> but moving forward, coming back to cigars. So. What are you excited about that's coming out? Have you seen anything coming up the turnpike that's really kind of got you thinking? I'm super excited for my birthday cigar for the San Andreas. I just got an eye full of smoke. Sorry, I'm pulling the show over for a second. I haven't really seen a whole lot coming out that I'm just super excited about lately. Um, then again, I've been out of pocket for the last probably month or so. So I haven't really been keeping up with the news of, of releases and stuff like that. I mean, we're in that weird kind of time. Like, no one's really, that I've seen, releasing a whole lot because we're, we're past the beginning of the year. So the special releases are done and all purchased and probably smoked. Then we're coming into, I mean, they're going to start announcing show releases probably in the next two months. So there's not a whole lot going on right now that I've seen. Kind of a, yeah, it is. It's kind of a slow time for sports, a slow time for cigars. It's kind of just a, a slower time in general. And I'll, by the way, completely at random, do you eat deviled eggs? Oh, heck no. I didn't think you did. So I don't eat eggs at all. Oh, that's right. You're not an egg guy. Right. Let alone deviling it. Why, why deviled eggs? Where's your mind? You are, it's like well, recording with a spaniel again. <laughs> Anything light comes by and all. But, so, I was sharing wisdom with the young folk while they were infecting me with this typhoid that nearly killed me this weekend. And I had to explain a great principle that I would like to explain on the podcast. Since we are at a slow cigar time of the year, I want to talk a little philosophy. Okay. If you were giving your life a grade... What grade of life are you planning to live? Uh, about 4% away from the foundation. Uh, scholastic. <laughs> a plus, B minus, C, D. Come on. If anyone was going to think that was a funny joke, it was you. I, I regret that I didn't think of it first. <laughs> but, uh, you're, you're always the guy that, if I, if I said, if you could speak to anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be? You would say alive. Yeah, I would. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I shouldn't set myself up for this. But I was explaining to these young people, because they asked me to pass some wisdom on, and I said, keep in mind, when you choose a builder, if you choose a builder that does everything by the codes, he does everything that the code book says, 
does it exactly by the book, exactly how the house is going to be built. What kind of builder do you have? About a B average. You have a D builder. A D builder. He's doing just enough to get by. These days, that's a C. Well, it, I don't have any kids in school. So. Okay, yeah. But he's doing just enough to get by. Now, if the builder wants to be an A builder, you and I cannot afford his product. Because the cost, the cost of his product is so high that it's just you reach a point of diminishing returns. So you want a C plus B minus builder when you're choosing someone to build your home. But wait, so you're saying the guy that follows all the codes. So what are you saying just go by the letter of the law and nothing nothing extra? Or are you saying that these guys to be better have to fudge the line a little bit? To be better, they have to, if it says the studs must be, you know, a two-before wall, the studs are 16 inches on center. You know this from hanging TVs. Yeah. By code, they only have to be 24-inch. So he literally could go through and build a house with studs 24 inches on center. It makes a pain to hang a TV and run wires behind the wall, as I've found. It also makes the drywall wavy. It makes it harder to paint. It makes it harder for everything. But he's doing it by code. He's a D builder. Okay. I, I misunderstood your premise. So now I will transfer this to life philosophy. Your quality of life is your indicator. If you try to live an A-plus life, if you try to be an A-plus citizen... You can't afford to live that way. Your quality of life is going to be so low because you're going to be spending all your time marching against, you know, Rottweilers against drunk driving. Or marching against... You're marching against Rottweilers against drunk driving? Yes. Theoretically, I don't want them driving, so... Well, okay. Let alone drunk. But that's a terrible example, but it's right off the top of my head. But if you try to live an A-plus life as a social human being, you will have the lowest quality of life. And this was bared out this week. They released the quality of life, and Los Angeles, California has the lowest quality of life in the nation because they're all so socially invested. And it's actually degrading the quality of their life. So let's try to live life socially at a B minus. So is that whole it's that whole technology kind of thing, the keeping up with the Joneses, is that kind of what you're getting at? More about how much time am I spending in my life trying to influence yours? I feel like the less time I spend in my life trying to influence yours, the better off I am. But does that make me socially less responsible than you? I don't know. I think you'd have to ask your cigar because you spend a whole lot of time trying to influence your reign over that. I have been trying to. I have tried to hold this cigar together by sheer force of will. It seems to be coming back around a little bit. The, the I've got the crack facing down, but the flavor's Rules still to there. Live by. <laughs> the flavor's still there. But I just thought I would bring that up because I was explaining that to these children, and it really made a lot of sense. Because these, I say they're children, they're 16, 15, 16 year olds. So it's not like they're eight or 10 year olds. So coming back to cigars, what I'm trying to think of how to phrase this question. We've both read thousands of quotes about cigars. If you had to take a cigar quote that sums up your relationship with cigars, what would it be? Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Sigmund Freud. Yeah. And I, we need to make a game of that. 
I don't know that I can distill it down. Um, what is it? Groucho Marx outside of a dog. Cigars a man's best friend inside of a dog. It's too dark to smoke. <laughs> or was that a book? <laughs> but I live by Groucho Marx. I don't want to be part of any club that would have me as a member. Right. But so a cigar is just a cigar. That's really all you've got. Yeah. Because I mean, I think that's we've kind of talked about it a lot tonight, actually, as it as it turns out. But for me, the cigar experience, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Sometimes sometimes my life can change around a cigar. Uh, you know, I was smoking a cigar when I found out I was going to be a dad. You know, sometimes, and I, sometimes you remember those moments, and cigars are very impactful on your life. What was the cigar? It was a original Camacho Corojo. And it was a box that I had bought from Cigars International, because at the time I was living about two hours from my nearest cigar shop. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, sometimes, but sometimes... On a Friday night, hanging out with your friends, a cigar is just a cigar. It doesn't have to be the best. It may be the worst cigar you've ever had. But if you're in good company, if you're just if you're just present, then then the cigar is doing everything it's supposed to do. And it doesn't have to be this big process. It doesn't have to be overthought out. It can just be what it is. It's an interesting thought process. I don't think I. I think I think too much about them. You may be on to something. I may ponder too much because I really enjoy the learning of my cigars. I really enjoy knowing where the filler comes from, knowing the jalapa, you know, knowing the regions. I really enjoy all that part of the cigar. And I absolutely do too. That's one of my favorite things about cigars is is the being able to nerd out on them and go down a rabbit hole on this region or this fermentation process. It's why I like when we have reps and people in the industry on the show so much because we get to expand our knowledge base. But that doesn't have to be every cigar, at least not for me. It's, a, it's an interesting question. I'm trying to think back to the major events of my life, and that is funny. I'll, I'll, I'll actually remember what cigar I was smoking more so than where I was at. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, you know, sit, sitting and sharing a Cuban cigar on the cruise ship with a young man. And, I'll, and just somebody that I met at random on the cruise ship, and he had bought a bad cigar, and I brought him a good one mm-hmm. so that he could actually sit there and do that. I remember exactly, you know, which cigar that was. And all that was a Siglo 6 Maduro. It mm-hmm. was just a great cigar, and he and I got to sit there and sit, smoke and talk to each other about that. Somebody who our lives would have never crossed otherwise. Yeah. So maybe that's it. Maybe I need to quit thinking about this cigar so hard, and the wrapper will quit unraveling upon me. Yeah, it's the it's the the opposite of the whole watch pot never boils. You're thinking and watching it so closely that you're just yeah, just kind of ignore it for a little bit. Let it let it do its thing. Its job is to smoke and stay lit. Let it do it. That may be the problem. All right. So 